There are six stories today, and the first is red like spaghetti. For three days, the stairs that led to the attic had smelled like burnt hair. This was extremely odd, because it was just that area of my very old and drafty house. On day four, the smell disappeared. But later that night, as I was standing in the bathroom, It felt like someone was standing over my shoulder, breathing down my neck. It was such a strong feeling that when I slowly closed the medicine cabinet and looked into the mirror, I was truly expecting to see someone and when I showered, I left the shower curtain open so I could see the room. After the shower, I was a little less on edge until I walked past my four-year-old's room. The door was ajar and I could hear her talking to herself. I stopped to listen. But I couldn't really make out what she was saying. Then there was a crash, like she was jumping on the bed. I went in. She was still asleep on the top of the covers. And the pile of stuffed animals that she insisted on sleeping with were scattered across the floor. I covered her up. Then I went to bed. In the morning, she told me she had a bad dream. She told me there was a man with no arms and sauce on his face. He kept laughing at me. I told him to go away, but he wouldn't. Then she said, an arm came out of the wall and threw her into the ceiling. Then she crashed onto the bed and went back to sleep. I asked her about the sauce on his face. And she replied, It was red. Like spaghetti. Story number two is titled, Anna. It was the late 60s, California. I just got off a bus at a bus station and was waiting for my mother to pick me up after taking a trip to Salinas to visit my cousin. There were two benches and a family who were also waiting to be picked up by a relative were sitting on one of them. 
So I sat on the other. As I waited, I began a conversation with the mother. Her name was Anna, a pretty woman with olive skin and hazel eyes. She was dressed in a green 1940s style suit with a hat to match. She looked quite elegant. At first, we spoke about the weather, then the school her children attended. Then she began talking about the war, saying her brother had joined the army to fight the Japanese. I didn't want to be rude and correct her, but clearly she was confused and had surely meant the war in Vietnam which was being fought at the time. She went on to tell me she worked in a factory in a nearby town and she and her family did what they could for the war effort. She then told me she knew someone who died during the bombing of Pearl Harbor and was clearly quite distraught about it. As Anna continued speaking, I noticed everything she said was based on events from nearly 30 years ago. I asked, When did your friend enlist? And when she replied, 1939. I almost fell off my seat. I was about to tell her it was 1969, but just then, my mother arrived. I said goodbye to Anna and got into my mum's car. As we left, I turned to wave, but they were gone. I told my mum all about it and she gave me a funny look. She said when she drove up, I appeared to be talking to myself and there was no one else around me. When I told my mum, I had a long conversation with Anna and had also met her two children. She reached over and felt my head to see if I had a fever. After the way my mum reacted to the story, I didn't bother telling it to anyone else. When I stay in a hotel, I don't really think about what may have happened there in the past. If I knew, I might not ever stay in a hotel again. This happened in 2018, when I was in management training with an organisation that sent me to a couple of training courses at their head office in a different city. For the second of these courses, 
they put me up in a different hotel than the first week. The room was big and quite luxurious, albeit a bit old and shabby. Half of the rooms on my floor were being renovated and only two of the 20 rooms were occupied. The first night was uneventful, but on the second night, I ordered room service dinner and when I finished, I pushed the trolley into the hallway for the staff to collect. As I turned around to go back into my room, I saw someone standing at the end of the dimly lit corridor. It appeared to be a woman just standing there, staring at me. I waved, but she didn't wave back. She just walked away. On the third night, at about 10.30, I was on the phone with my mum when I heard heavy pacing in the corridor. It was so loud, my mum heard it too. What was that? Hang on a sec, mum. I went to the peephole and looked out but could see no one, despite hearing the footsteps right outside the door as I was looking. I called the reception and told them what I heard, and a few minutes later they called back and said they had checked the CCTV footage and there had been no one in the corridor. On the fourth night, I got another call from reception. Hello? But all I could hear was heavy breathing. Hello? And a low growl. I called reception and raised a complaint. They checked the call records and assured me I had not received any calls from staff or any other guest or outside line. Are you sure? Yes, the system is automated. No one can tamper with it. Okay, thank you. The fifth night. I started to hear a knocking. It started on one wall, then moved around the room, going from wall to wall. Even the exterior wall, three floors up. I ran out of the room and went down to reception. The manager on duty 
managed to calm me down by offering me a different room. They even had someone accompany me to pack up my things so I wouldn't have to be alone in there. Third floor. When we got to the new room, on a different floor, she confided in me that something had happened about five years earlier. A female guest had been attacked by a staff member and had died in the struggle. The administration had tried to cover it up by paying off the victim's family, but after multiple unexplained events on that floor, it was decided to seal it off. But the hotel had recently been sold and the new owners had decided to reopen the floor, hence the renovations. The next morning, I checked out and spent the remainder of my stay at a different hotel, at my own expense. This next one is called The Apartment. I lived in an apartment complex with my two-year-old. For the most part, it was a quiet building. But then, one night, an old guy who lived across from me had a party. And his brother died of alcohol poisoning. His body lay there for over 12 hours because everyone thought he was sleeping it off. After he passed, I would sometimes hear odd sounds, but nothing major. Then, one night, I was lying in bed with my daughter, waiting for her to go to sleep so I could put her in her own bed. I had my eyes closed, but I could still see the light shining in from the bathroom. Then it went dark. Something was blocking the light. I opened my eyes. In the doorway was a black mass loosely in the shape of a person. My whole body was tingling with fear. I wasn't sure if someone had broken in or if it was something paranormal. But then it just disappeared. I waited for a while, then worked up the nerve to go and check the door.
It was still locked and the chain was still in place. Then, after checking every possible hiding place, I put on the TV. I wasn't quite ready to go back to bed. After that night, I never saw anything else. But as soon as my lease was up, I moved out. Another story now about the scary goings-on in a hotel. My wife and I had taken a road trip to the Smoky Mountains. It was nearly winter, so we hadn't bothered to book a hotel room. But after being told... I'm sorry, but we're fully booked. ...by two different hotels, we were starting to worry. Then we crossed over an old bridge... And on the other side, next to a river, was a motor lodge. Third time lucky? Yeah, here's hoping. We went in, and again, we were told there were no rooms. But as we turned to leave, the guy said, Well, there is one. We'll take anything. I was expecting it to be an expensive suite, but it was actually a decent price. He opened a drawer and fished out a metal key. Room 237, on the top floor. Have a good night. It was a big room with two queen-sized beds, a fireplace and a balcony. I got the fire going. Then we went to bed. At some point in the night, I was woken by my wife snuggling up and spooning me from behind. Something she doesn't normally do. She was cold. Ice cold. At first I thought maybe she'd been on the balcony. But then, as I stretched out, I touched my wife. Fast asleep in front of me. <laughs> It must have been a dream. It took about 15 minutes of listening to the crackling fire before I drifted off again. And an hour or so later, I woke up again. Freezing cold. There was no cover on the bed. I looked 
on both sides and at the foot of the bed. It hadn't fallen off, but it had to be somewhere. I got up. And using my phone's flashlight, I searched the room. I looked everywhere. Under both beds. In the bathroom. And on the balcony. I even looked over the railing, in case my wife had sleepwalked and thrown it over. But no. I just couldn't find it. Eventually, I took the cover off the other bed. And that's when I found it neatly tucked in underneath the other bed's cover. I have no idea how it got there. I'm not sure how, but I somehow got back to sleep. My wife had slept through it all. We woke early and went down to check out. The same young guy was behind the desk. As I handed him the key, he asked, How did you sleep? Um, it was okay. I guess. Why do you ask? No reason. Just wondering. We have one more, and it's quite a spooky one. It's titled Bedeviled, and I'll see you next week. My wife and I were newly married and had just moved in to a rental in a new neighbourhood. It started with small things, like keys, not where I left them, but I thought I was just being forgetful. Then, it became increasingly difficult to find excuses. I would hear barely audible conversations from other rooms in the house. But as soon as I tried to focus on them, they would stop. I would hear footsteps. And one night, I heard something that woke me from a dead sleep. <gasps> there was no one else in the house, except my wife. And she was lying next to me. Then, it became darker. 
I would be sitting at home watching TV. And I'd suddenly think, what would it be like to be possessed? I couldn't get that thought out of my head. But as soon as I left the house, I'd be fine. Not one thought about possession. But the second I pulled into the driveway, it would start up again. I want to be possessed. I thought I was going crazy. So I sat down with my wife and told her, I've been having weird thoughts. And before I could finish, she said, About being possessed? It turned out the exact same thing had been happening to her. We started sharing stories, and she told me one that scared the hell out of me. It happened one night while I was at work on the night shift. She was in bed reading and could hear the baby fussing a little through the monitor. As she lied there, trying to decide if she should go into the baby's room, she heard something else through the baby monitor. The child is mine. She belongs to me. She raced in there, but there was no one else there. She told herself the Bluetooth baby monitor had picked something up from a neighbor's phone or TV, but now Neither of us believed that. We moved out within the month, losing our deposit. But we're very happy in our new house. There's no voices. And more importantly, no unwanted thoughts.